You are listening to the Fascia Guide, a podcast about the living body, about new research and a new perspective on health, pain and what it means to be alive. The Fascia Guide is a conversation between Hans Bodin, innovator and fascia expert, Per Johansson, doctor of human ecology and historian of science and ideas, and me, Axel Bodin. For a couple of episodes now we've been talking about fascia and what it is, but also how fascia as a perspective kind of changes everything. First of all, we look at the body as something that is alive and it's a continuous flow and we find ourselves realizing that we don't we're not used of looking at the body as something that's always moving that's always changing that's also connected everywhere like if you look at the the collagen fibers of the arm they are connected to the to the to the toe and it's hard for us to grasp that something can be both small or, or or divided but also working as a whole and that everything is affecting everything it's not we're not used to thinking in that way mm-hmm. and we talked about how our whole society actually is organized in dividing everything into different parts uh, the subjects in the school or the the departments of an institution or or how actually how we work and how we how we do everything is basically divided and separated and we've been thinking a lot about why are we why are we thinking this way because it's not it's not natural is it i don't think so i think i think fascia as a, as a definition uh, that's everything is connected and it's a complex system is is relatively simple and relatively complex everything is interconnected and i think uh, when you listen at uh, at someone like Nietzsche who, who actually saw that everything, the interstitium is everywhere at the same time. Then you realize how, because he tried to explain how how do you think in a fascia way. And and this, this, the hard thing is actually to think in, in terms of everything is interconnected. And I think you, you Perry, I think you have one definition to see it as the, the, the living body is an ecosystem, is an ecosystem. And it's, it's, it can can be quite useful sometimes when you talk to specialists at that the body is an ecosystem because that that will give them other pictures in their mind of of how thinking about the the living body that it's flexible it's ever changing it's always new it's uh, always interacting with everything around you and uh, the air you breathe is part of your body the food you eat is part of your body so that kind of thinking is actually more natural but another thing we talked about is that our way of thinking our way of doing things is not very flexible. It's hard to rethink as a society, yeah, and, and and also that 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 everything your your thoughts are part of your body. So uh, I think so. <laughs> the body is everything. So the living body is is actually quite interesting to to see, but it's hard to to think about it in 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 our western way of thinking that's 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 the problem i think so there is something about our way of thinking that inhabits us to fully understand life or the living body mm-hmm. and and per you've been uh, for a lot of years uh, working as an historian of science and ideas and also a human ecologist so it's kind of your it's kind of your subject to look at how people are thinking and have been thinking and why they're thinking like they're thinking so uh, we asked you to prepare a brief um, mini lecture about how why we are thinking like we're thinking Wh- where does it come from this this way of thinking so um, without further ado let's let's dig into it shall we 
Okay, this will be uh, quite brief and concentrated, but I think, uh, I hope that I've managed to capture uh, an, uh, uh, the, the essence of what's the difficulty here. Uh, Hans mentioned uh, the importance of having adequate pictures in your mind, was the phrase you used, and and uh, uh, one way of, of getting different pictures in, in your mind is to think about the living body as an ecosystem rather than as a kind of a mechanical assemblage of parts or, or, or something. Uh, uh, a more abstract name for pictures in, in the mind, uh, I would say, is uh, categorization. How you categorize things, how you order your thoughts and uh, in order to think uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to say correctly but in order to think usefully about why it's so difficult uh, often to shift perspective is that this is a matter of categorization because how you categorize things depends on your perspective and uh, Furthermore, and making this even more difficult, is that uh, socially dominant perspectives are also physically manifested in the form of institutions and uh, authoritatively approved ways of understanding and doing things. Uh, I, I will come back to that uh, aspect or that dimension of, of things. Did, uh, didn't you have a good uh, example of this, like um, in terms of this, when, when you have... You have three uh, words, uh, a piece of wood, a saw, and a, uh, a piece of wood, an axe, and a hammer. Uh, which two words are... Uh, are yeah, the, that kind of example uh, uh, was um, studied by, by uh, a, a Soviet brain scientist called Alexander Luria in the 20s or 30s, I don't remember which, but he... He made a study of uh, exactly categorization, how how people uh, categorize things depending on uh, upon whether they were educated and and uh, literate, or whether they were uneducated and illiterate. In uh, at that time in in uh, Soviet Russia, uh, in Uzbekistan, for uh, many people were actually illiterate, and uh, Luria. Uh, put similar similar questions to people in Moscow, educated people in Moscow and uh, uh, peasants in Uzbekistan. And one, one kind of question he, he put to them was, uh, uh, like you said, for example, uh, uh, which things of the following belong together? Hammer, saw, axe, uh, wood, and uh, the people in Moscow, uh, they said that hammer, saw, and axe belong together in one category, but the uh, peasants in Uzbekistan, they said that uh, axe, saw, and wood belong together. Mm. It's fairly easy to see the reason why uh, people categorize the uh, the, the people studied uh, categorized things in, in different ways because the, the peasants were very practical people. And of course, 
saw, axe and wood belong together. A hammer is quite useless in relation to, 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 to wood directly. But uh, uh, the educated people uh, in Moscow, they uh, categorized things in, in the ab abstractly in terms of tools. And then axe, hammer, and saw belong to the same category. So, so one kind of categorization is very practical, and the other kind of categorization is very theoretical and abstract. And if you're looking at the living body, the practical uh, categorization is actually quite a bit more useful. Like if you're looking at life, it's more useful to, to use a saw and an axe and a piece of wood uh, when you're going to do stuff in nature than it is to, to use a hammer that doesn't belong with the wood in that sense, right? Y yes, I, I, uh, uh, it's good that we uh, said this because I, I, will not, I will make uh, a kind of comparison between our modern Western civilization's way of categorizing things uh, uh, as to the body and uh, a couple of ancient uh, civilization, how they categorize the body, and interestingly enough, uh, our cat our kind of categorizations is in the abstract mode, so to speak, while the other civilizations, which I will mention, categorize the body uh, in a much more practical manner. Uh, so we 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 are, I would say, having studied these kinds of things. For a long time, I would say that uh, the Western kind kind of thinking, the Western kind of uh, categorizing things in the abstract, is, is really quite unique in the world and, and in history. Uh, okay, um, one of the early Western anatomists, uh, Andreas Vesalius, in the 16th century. He's known for creating detailed illustrations of dissected bodies. And he published a book about the muscular system, which heavily influenced the way we nowadays think about anatomy. I think people with an interest in, in medical history have probably seen these illustrations in one book or another. Uh, uh, they show very clearly uh, the essential modern view of the body. And this is that it consists of physically separate parts, easily viewed as such. And this vis visual perspective rapidly became the paradigm of what was to become the modern West, uh, the partitioning, the modern Western understanding of, of, of the body the, uh, as partitioned into, into visually distinct organs. And added to this then, later on in the 17th century, the philosopher René Descartes radically separated mind and body. And the body came to be regarded as a mindless machine made up of parts. Uh, and a, mo a more sophisticated version of this very perspective and this kind of partitioning, uh, I would say, still characterizes medicine in the West today. Uh, uh, I, I also I found, and I think it's it's rather difficult for us uh, to realize that this very, very well established perspective in our society, in our civilization, really is just one perspective, and it's useful for certain purposes. In a distant 
clearly defined context, but it's quite useless for other purposes. So uh, in order to really demonstrate this, I would like to say something briefly about uh, how the ancient Egyptians thought about the living body. They attributed psychological qualities to different body parts rather than to a unified self as we do with its distinct mental attributes. Instead, various to the ancient Egyptians, various body parts were considered carriers of certain psychological qualities. For, for example, willpower was associated with the limbs. Strong bones represented a strong will. And having two arms meant to diligently perform a task. And if someone gave you their hands, it meant that you could trust them. The mouth was the source of speech and also the entrance and exit of life in this world. And the eye, besides being the seat of sight, was the body part where inner strength or weakness resided. And the ear was the place of attention with varying degrees of receptivity to the world outside. If someone was attentive to the actual conditions of the world, they had good ears. Wisdom, or the lack of it, resided in the air. The stomach was said to be the seat of impulsive desires and emotions. A friendly person had a cool stomach. A reliable man did not let his stomach speak. Uh, you can also think of this uh, in relation to traditional Chinese medicine, where different emotions are related to different body parts and various bodily sensations are clearly defined. This is the very aspect that is, also, that is lost in modern Western perspectives, I would say. Uh, not very unlike the Egyptian system, in Chinese medicine, each organ in the Chinese system uh, uh, is defined very differently from in the Western system. Each organ has its, you could say, specific extension in the body and in the psyche without separation. Uh, this concept then includes the meridians used in acupuncture. And uh, in, in, as an aside, interestingly enough, these meridians seem to correspond rather closely with the fascia structures. Um, It's interesting when you when you say it like that, for example, the Egyptian view of the stomach, because uh, another research area that's been exploding in the last 10, 15, 20 years is that about the microbiome or the gut flora. And um, we've um, had several lectures and recorded podcasts in Sweden about the gut flora and how it affects behavior and how it affects the fascia. And it's interesting because... Now you have found that that certain behavior actually comes from the living bacteria, the living microbiome in your body that tells you to do stuff. For example, it could be tells you to eat certain food because the bacteria wants that food, and that could be food like like sugar or like healthy food. It can also be something that you crave when you when you give more of that food to those bacteria. But also certain behavior like like anger or anxiety or um, ambition or, or drive could also come from, from those bacteria in the stomach. And 
the more you follow certain principles, those bacteria develop as well. So it's like you have that second entity living in your body and not like an entity like a spirit or something, but an entity of actual bacteria. Or And if you go, if you, um, what was it you said about the stomach in the Egyptian way? It was... Uh, <clears throat> the stomach was the seat of impulsive desires and emotions. Impulsive desires and emotions. And it's fascinating it how rather closely to the it's, it's not like rather closely it's like ghostly close to, to the microbiome because uh, exactly those impulsive behaviors and when you talk about um, addiction or obesity or difficult um, difficult issues to get over or difficult things to handle it's almost like there's a second will inside your body telling you to eat that even if you don't want to eat it or telling you to do that even if you don't want to do it so it's really hard to to control, and that correlates so well with the impulsive, um, strong mm. behaviors from the stomach. So, it's we we have an we have a tendency in our culture to look at ancient cultures or other cultures like they are less civilized or less developed or less sophisticated, or that their their knowledge is not as uh, as scientifically proven as our knowledge is. But it's interesting to see how wise they were in certain aspects and we're now discovering what they have talked about for for many many years mm. yeah I, I i agree um well as I, as i said before uh, our modern way of looking at the body and uh, this if you compare it to uh, for example the ancient egyptian way of concept conceptualizing it it's it's very clear that uh, what we are what we are talking about here are distinct categorization systems of categorization so um i would say then uh, w- what's the importance of this uh, well it's that what you can discover what you can understand and what you can know depends on how you categorize things so categorizing things as distinct separable components that can be understood more or less independently allows for uh, objective observation, which is the foundation of much of modern Western scientific understanding. However, however, this kind of conceptualization can't capture the subjective experience or how it feels. Uh, And uh, it's clear that the Egyptian system of categorization actually, uh, while not... uh, by not leaving the physical body, so to speak, it can still uh, make sense of the subjective experience of, 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 of how things feel. So that it's kind of integrated in that system. Um, actually, I would say that the tra- Chinese approach there, or in tra- so-called tra- traditional Chinese medicine, actually begins with how, or starts out from how things feel, and then observations uh, are, are made which are more introspective than outwardly objective in our sense. And this approach uh, leads to a different kind of categorization. It allows for uh, understanding aspects of the living body which Western medicine uh, isn't quite isn't able to grasp, and not within science anyway. Uh, so this is not, uh, I, I would like to emphasize that this is not a matter of one being right and the other being wrong. They are just different ways of categorizing 
categorizing mm. things that uh, lead to un- different kinds of understanding. Uh, this means that the Chinese approach, for example, uh, may may be un- is unable uh, to understand certain aspects which the Western approach can't understand, and vice versa. The Western approach uh, is able to understand things which uh, within the traditional Chinese approach cannot be understood. So it becomes a matter of of, of uh, well, you could say choosing between uh, which way of categorization and which way of understanding is the most adequate in in relation to to uh, the situation at hand, what you're what you're trying to do, and what how how you how you best should treat the certain condition, for instance. The purpose of the fascia guide is to give knowledge about the body in a simple way and present this new research in an exciting way, so that people get interested in this new research because there's been so much progress in the last years but still so few people understand what fascia is so if you are someone who want to spread and share the knowledge and insights about fascia and the living body in an impactful way if you want to pave the way for a new paradigm and you want to help us you can go into the fasciaguide.com donate and make a donation to support this and with your help we can further spread the knowledge about fascia and fascia research that goes back a bit to what we talked about with uh, with fascia and understanding the living body or the living creature or how a living system works because mm. we talked about how all dysfunctions and diseases actually can be understood from the term of uh, impaired flow. So if you have, um, if you don't have, um, if you if your flow if the, if the flow in your body is impaired, if that is stopped, then that will lead to um, fibrosis or densification or it would lead to other areas being uh, treated in a different way and, and other things developing. So, so stopping a flow can lead to diseases or dysfunctions. And if you work on on enhancing flow or stimulating flow, that could also um, help the body heal itself or, or work in a different direction. So it's, and, and that is a different way of, that's a different starting point. Like you said with the Egyptians saying, exactly. how do you feel? And when you describe how you feel, then they find ways to explain how you're feeling or ways to improve how you're feeling and not looking at the condition or diagnose first and then looking at how you're feeling. It's it's a different... The starting point matters in what you can see. Yes, if you start from the Western, uh, the modern Western perspective, you 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 find yourself in the rather awkward position of having to explain how things feels feel in 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 terms of uh, objective observations of one kind or another so it's rather back backwards you could say uh, certain things would be easier to understand if you uh, started uh, from uh, started out from how things feel to to a patient uh, in that kind of situation uh, but then you will have to you will need uh, uh, an intellectual system of of understanding things which is able to incorporate how things feel in relation to the more objective aspects of 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 the body hmm. so and 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 that is exactly what we lack in the modern western understanding but which uh, they've managed to at least in some very useful ways integrate in in other systems 
when we're people coming to us and and they and we they we, we try to understand the history of of what's behind it. If, for instance, if you've been in trauma or, or whatever, that's not that's not actually in the in the model of Western medicine because you can't really that that you don't do that kind of of comparison. Did you were in car accident or did you have a, did you wear out yourself or um, um, because I think it's quite interesting. I, I had a I had a met a, a woman about fourteen days ago and. Um, she had she was 55 years old and she had just uh, got diabe- diabetes and i thought what what kind of diabetes uh, type 1 and, and and that's quite unusual to get diabetes type 1 when you're 50 years old so what did you do and uh, she had uh, she had worked herself to to uh, stop that she was so tired that you couldn't do anything so if you're if you're due to a lot of stress in the body and your work yourself out you can actually develop diabetes type 1 that's not easy to understand in western medicine that you can have that kind of things happening to your your living body hmm. due to 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 things you have been uh, lifestyle lifestyle way of thinking or way of acting uh, and and um, but the that should be easier to 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 reflect on in maybe in in Chinese medicine or in Indian Indian medicine or what you call Indian medicine Ayurvedic medicine or something yeah. like that because then you look at <coughs> lifestyle in another way. But isn't it also a reason for this? Is the very special circumstances in Europe in the 17th century because uh, you had. I've read a lot of no- novels about that time, and it's always fascinating when you look at how people talk about uh, God and the church and the way of life and how the priesthood works and how the church works, and and that there were really bloody conflicts between Protestant and, and Catholics and, uh, and Calvinists as well. And it's like it was so. It's hard to imagine. You, you can see a conflict between different religions today but that same conflict in the same religion how how it led to uh, the 30 year uh, long war and how mm. it's um, and how all intellectual debates were clouded with how we understand the scripts and how we understand the mm. the teachings and how we understand uh, life and god and so on so i don't think a lot of people know how important it was for uh, people like Descartes to separate the mind from the body because the mind belonged to the church and how you're feeling and how you're living and what you're thinking and, and your hopes and dreams and aspirations, all those things were in the, the church's church area. And in the church there was this big conflict which meant that you couldn't have the same freedom to, to uh, discuss ideas that you could in the scientific, the growing scientific world. So is, isn't that a part of the because it's it's really weird in some ways that we have this advanced knowledge, this advanced way of thinking that totally separates how we feel and how we think and and uh, from everything else. Yeah, you, you you're right. Uh, actually, it's 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 kind of a puzzle or a conundrum or a, a riddle. Uh, how on why on earth did the very severe 
separation of the mind from the body, philosophically speaking, which occurred in the West, how 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 could that uh, man, uh, spread? Because on on the face of it, it it's it's obviously a rather absurd uh, an idea, and at at the very least, it's a very unusual idea, historically speaking. Actually, the modern West is the only known culture in which it has been established, and we're living in 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 sort of the practical consequences of this philosophical, originally philosophical separation that it, it it has to something to do with the uh, 30 years war and the, the con- its consequences because um, during that time three decades of the early 17th century in central europe uh, this was the most devastating destructive conflict in in history before the First World War. So it's, it, it more, or lo- more or less laid all of the German countries waste. And uh, very, very many people uh, died. So it was uh, an extremely severe conflict. And uh, uh, from the perspective of belief and thinking, it was about, uh, it was a conflict between Protestants and Catholics, even though there were economic and political uh, aspects to it as well but uh, for for many, many thinking people it was about religion and uh, m- this separation then between the soul and the body meant that uh, you could say that it would be possible to study the external the physical world conceptualized as completely external to the inner life the external, if you conceptualize the external world as independent uh, of us, of our thinking, of our feeling, ex- ex- existing purely in its own right as an objective world, if you conceptualize things in this way, which you do if you separate mind and body, uh, then you could actually establish uh, disciplines and do studies of the external world be, without having to involve yourself with difficult questions of the of the soul uh, so so you could uh, you could pursue uh, in, in one way you could say that you could pursue scientific studies of the external world without uh, uh, involving yourself with theological disputes this didn't always work, but uh, uh, in in general, I would say it it worked worked very well. Especially uh, somewhat later on, when it became obvious that this this new kind of uh, knowledge uh, of the of the world conceptualized as external to human feelings and human experience, uh, this perspective actually became very useful from an economic perspective, from the perspective of economic development. Uh, I won't go into that because it will will take us too far away from our (laughs) subject. But but, uh, so there were several interacting aspects here, the objectification of the of the world and uh, its usefulness for economic purposes. And it, it's also it's use, it, it, you, you did have to concern yourself with theology, you could study the external world, whether you were a Protestant or a Catholic. Mm. So, so uh, 
And and the, the background to why this was so well, I would say it was welcomed in intellectual circles uh, was, I think, uh, and I'm not alone in thinking that, uh, was very much because of the horrors of the Thirty Years' War. Because mm. if you if you, theological disputes would lead to that kind of horror, uh, it was a good thing if you could separate the inner world from the outer world and concentrate the scientific study on the outer world. So this is kind of a historical background to the uniqueness of, of, of the modern West. But it's another kind of t- perfect storm as well if you look at other inventions that are in the same era, like the printing press, for example, mm, and exactly. how people, because the printing press was one of the reasons why Protestantism grew, because then people could read, read the Bible for themselves, um, because otherwise it was hand-copied, but now we had a printing press, which meant that you can produce books in a, in a different sense, but but if you look at it, if you look from a, from a, an authoritative pe- perspective or a, or a power per- perspective, uh, if I'm king or if I'm uh, a priest or bishop or pope or something, I need people to uh, believe that my position is divine. I need this is I'm, I've been God has put put me here, so I need to be here, and then I need people to believe that. And before when when all um, scriptures were in Latin. People couldn't read it themselves, and I could tell them how it was, which meant that it was, I, I could simply hold my power over the people. But then, when everyone uh, can read themselves, we need to put up a different story or a different writing. And this is an interesting thing with with writing because I we've talked about this before. Our culture has a lot of um, artifacts outside of the body, a lot of writing, a lot of laws, a lot of rules, a lot of. Um, things outside of us. We don't tell each other stories by, by speaking. We tell each other stories by, by writing. And if I, if an a, a authoritative person tells me what to read, that reading can form how I think. And if that reading then says that the authority is right, then it, that becomes a loop of um, strengthening the position of the authority. So the more I read about, oh yeah, this is how it is. And then, and this is something that everyone who's ever been ed- educated can prob- hopefully relate to that if you read something your teacher tells you something and you read it in the book and then it's like hmm, it must be as my teacher says because it says so here in the book and then you you're in that that loop always strengthening that belief but that could be a, a, an idea that's actually incorrect from the beginning but you learn that it is a correct one and and having things in in writing or in books or in 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 that kind of um, that kind of medium, it strengthens strengthens the loop over time, because otherwise it will be the stories people tell, and that could always change a little bit. But if it's in writing, it must be more powerful, isn't it? Well, you're certainly on the right track here. Uh, um, long before uh, the modern developments. Uh, uh, long before the separation of mind and body and long before the separation of of the new view of the body as consisting of parts which could be dissected uh, in the way one did, started to do. Long before that, uh, the basis for truth in the West had become scripture. Uh, either uh, in the Protestants, uh, the truth for the Protestants was uh, the literal text of the Bible. Uh, 
so scripture is a, is a, is this kind of a truth concept in the protestant world uh, in the catholic world it was actually rather much rather to a very large extent the same perspective but uh, uh, what counted as scripture what counted as authoritative scripture was uh, wider because it included also the church fathers and not the tradition and not just the bible um, but uh, common to both protestants and catholics was an extremely strong emphasis on what was written and uh, this actually carried over to uh, the new modern science uh, because the results of the obs observ scientific observations and theories about theories about the external world was published in, in texts as well and so so what was published became the norm of what was true about the external world as well uh, and this i think is 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 very important for our way of thinking as as modern human beings and i don't think we are aware, really aware of it at all and it has to do with what you just said that we we place a, a very much uh, very strong emphasis on 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 written the written word whether it's uh, legal uh, matter of uh, jurisprudence or science or beliefs in, uh, in, in, some, in some way, religious beliefs, scripture is central. And interestingly enough, scripture is an external artifact in relation mm. to us. So we, if, we praise, if, if we place truth in, 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 in the writ written world, it means that we do not place truth within ourselves. So this uh, is, uh, strengthens the objective, objective way of, of, of thinking, I would say. And uh, the, the same goes for what uh, uh, I, I mentioned early on, the importance of institutions in relation to categorization. Institutions could be hospitals, it could be medical, uh, medical uh, schools. And institutions embody, literally, perspectives. Uh, of the kind we're, we're talking about here, and once established, they are extremely difficult to shift in a different direction for the very reason that they have become physical and manifested in, in, in various ways. So uh, if, a, if a certain perspective, like the modern Western one, has become uh, established as institutions, as has happened with medicine and science generally in the West, uh, the, this this briefly sketched history, which, which we're talking about here, is uh, the reason for it. Hmm. I think one one thing that that comes to mind when I when I heard heard you talking about this is the thing that actually happened in the uh, with Descartes was actually to silence the anatomy, the field of anatomy, because if you don't have thoughts mm, exactly. and you don't have words, then you have a way of looking at the body that's really not in vibrations. It's it's a theoretical it's a theoretical way of looking at the body as separate and in different categories. And if you if you look at I think it's interesting to see because I've been looking at frequencies uh, to see how the body actually works and what's what's happening. And 
when you look at energy medicine and you look at look, look at what, what what happened in the body, everything is 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 vibrating, everything is moving. So so it's it's quite interesting because we we see with vibrations, we hear with vibrations, we touch with vibrations uh, and frequencies, and that's almost if you if you explain that to people, they it's 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 not in the way of looking at the, the living body because we look at the living body without sounds without vibrations mm. Mm. and 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 if if you then look at thoughts it's interesting because thoughts are also vibrations but silent for for the the um thoughts it's it's crazy because you can you can have thoughts about yourself or things that you've been uh happening to you but if you speak about them then they are living they're they're out there you can hear them but you can hear them inside yourself too so i think uh, i think one way about because fascia is a living way of looking at everything at the same time and i actually saw one one guy who was playing he was doing sounds of different things in the body uh, oxygen has a, has a, a, a tone um ion has a tone so everything has as uh, everything is is actually um in vibrations everything is in the body in, uh, the, the body is, has the, the, the cell is not still it's it has a frequency of what would you say 5 to 12 hertz always moving so everything is moving but when you explain the the way of looking at the body now it's most like we it's it sounds silent it sounds that the, yeah, anato- yeah. the anatomy is is it's dumb. Literally, it's dumb. <laughs> it's yeah. dead. Yeah. No, it's, it's you can't hear it. It's 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 a, and when you then spoke about the 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 Egyptian way of, of that was really that, that you can hear. You can, yeah, yes. Mm? Yeah. Mm? It's it's yeah. An, it's another. Perfect. If you if you remember what I said, the ear is very. It was very very central yeah. to, to wisdom. That is to to be able to be li- to listen to yeah. things uh, was central. So the only thing, but when you come to frequency, you listen to the, to the heart, but you can listen to if 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 you like. Uh, I've been to to a, a, a doctor for in 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 Ayurvedic medicine, and he listened to my pulse. I think in two minutes, three, four, six, or five different way of looking at the pulse, and then you can see what 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 kind of organs and what kind of defections that was in my body. And that's a that's a whole other way of looking at at the living body, and and it sounds like it sounds like really when when you, when you tell it to people I've been to an Ayurvedic um, a doctor is like oh you're like <laughs> they're like la- laughing at it but they have, they have education for I think seven eight years to to learn to to do the kind of of of, of reading of the the uh, the body the, the the pulse the the tongue the the eyes and and everything look at everything yeah. this is very similar to the way in traditional yeah. Chinese medicine yeah. as well and what we should say if we have an, uh, a global audience here is that uh, I think we spoke about it in the first episode as well uh, Sweden is an extreme country so we're sitting in Sweden and it's an extreme country in terms of this this uh, this Western Westernized way of thinking so here. Basically, everything that is not medicine is considered weird. Yeah, like even 
even chiropractic or massage is considered Western, so yeah. So even um, manual therapy is considered a bit weird. It's a little bit more accepted, but it's still weird in a it's sense. Weird. Uh, and it's nothing that that you can get inside the the welfare uh, welfare financed uh, health uh, care system. It's it's uh, all those things are. The, it's considered the same. Like mm. massage is the same as. Um, healing or um, acupuncture or, yeah. or acupuncture or um, using uh, crystals or, or <laughs> whatever but in this this scale of how um, uh, weird something is it's like it's either modern medicine or it's weird in Sweden mm. so it's very it's the categorization has gone really far here and that's why it's yeah. interesting for us to talk about this because we see we see what what happens if you follow this idea to the extreme that's mm. the life we're living in and uh, this is also something that could happen to to the rest of the world if you continue to on this this way of thinking. Yeah, but but if you see, I think Chinese medicine and 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 uh, Ayurveda is the same. They look at 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 uh, nutrition as things that you need for the body to heal, and they look at food as nutrition, not medicine, and um, and and that's not that's not how we do it in Sweden. And I think in, and we had some some uh, podcast about n- how important to have the right nutrition or the right um, ingredients like vitamins for for uh, or iron or for for building the body, uh, and it's really important. So, but something I'm seeing, uh, if you um, fast forward to today, uh, I've been seeing in the last ten or five years. Uh, and emphasis or increased emphasis on this way of thinking in culture, like in uh, yes. TV shows <coughs> or in sports um, commentaries or in uh, uh, different kind of ways of thinking. It's all more. It's more secu- secular. It's more um, mind and body is not connected. It's more um, uh, those other things are weird. It's me- medicine is the only way. It's been. It's been. Uh, creeping into like sitcoms and and shows and and um, dramas and uh, um, different kind of cultural outlets and it's it's fascinating that the world seems to be becoming a little bit more like sweden a little bit more extreme like sweden in Mm. in this area of thinking Um, or at least the the world we we hear about and if you if you go back to to um the discussion we had on authority if it's the if this is a way to defend this way of thinking because as we said before this this way of thinking is also unflexible and this way of thinking doesn't go with the new discoveries that we've had about how um the body works how nature works how how flow works how um you could collaborate in a different way or you could work in different ways and and what's happening now with different inventions and different new ways of working and so on that that is also a a threat, in a sense, to the old way of thinking, or this um, the Cartesian seventeenth um, century, the, the peak of the seventeenth century of thinking. Yeah, and 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 the, 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 this is the reason I brought up institutions in this con- context and their I- importance. And and to to wrap it up on my part, I would repeat then that institutions literally embody perspectives, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. And there, and and uh, we've we've t- I've touched upon and we've touched upon the history behind this, 
so when you build schools, when you build universities, medical clinics, and organize things based on this particular perspective, the modern Western partitioning one, mm -hmm. you literally manifest that perspective physically in the world. Uh, it becomes part of education, it becomes part of careers, it shapes activities and jobs in mm -hmm. alignment with that perspective. And th th this is what makes it so challenging to shift perspective, mm -hmm. because it's rather easy, at least for an individual, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's possible. It's not, it's not very impossible for an individual to change perspective. Mm -hmm. But, but e even, if you, if you, if, even if quite a lot of individuals change their way, their way of thinking, which I think we can see signs of this uh, happening now, actually, the, this uh, still s doesn't seem to to change things uh, as they should. Uh, so, uh, and and the reason is the uh, the institutionalization and the physical manifestations of of of, of his, this is particular historical perspective mm. per perspective, and it means that changing the perspective comes with a significant cost. There are individual, social, and economic costs involved in shifting perspectives. It would be quite expensive to completely overhaul the medical education system, for instance. Uh, mm. it's, it, it's not just about using the same facilities, the same equipment, the same procedures for a from a different perspective. You, you, you'd actually need perhaps different buildings, definitely different procedures, different equipment that really manifest the new perspective perspective and and this i think is one of the main reasons why changing perspectives as a culture mm. is difficult difficult or and a very drawn out process and there is quite a lot of resistance for understandable reasons uh, from an everyday perspective at least and it's also that small matter of all the people who has been going to these institutions for years learning to think in a different yeah, way. Yeah, and who are as, as persons and, and as families dependent on, on salaries from these institutions. So mm. so uh, the, it's a literal cost as, as well. To when, I went to, when I went to university, I lived in, in a, a, a true like university town in Sweden. It's uh, Uppsala, it's the fourth largest uh, city, but the interesting thing is that 25% of the populations are students. So it's it's a lot. A lot is based on students in that area. So we have this whole uh, setup of, of different buildings that are just for us, uh, both that we can hang out in, like like extended living rooms, but also uh, that we can party. And, and it's I think it's 13 or 14 of them. So it's like you can go and meet your certain type of people and you know that in... On, in this place, there's all the economists and on this place, there's all the... Um, the um, um, doctors and, and all the law students are over here and that's like the, the campus buildings but we also have the, the festive areas or the party areas or the living room areas where, where people also meet and, and most of the same, most from the same departments kind of go to the same parties but then there are some places where people mix uh, and I, I've always been interested in, in mixing mixing culture, mixing ideas so I, I tended to hang out a little bit more on those more mixed places but what's interesting is that when I studied economy, people think that it's actually knowledge you learn, but it was more of a way of thinking. And the interesting thing was when meeting people from um, 
the HR educations or law students or medical students or or all these different kind of, of people I met, everyone was is, um, more and more coached into a way of thinking. And the culture of that department was really, really strong. For example, when we read economy, it's all about finding the most efficient, uh, easiest way to do things. So when there was a test, everyone shared the test results before or previous tests in an f- open Facebook group so everyone can learn from different collaborations. But in the law department, people went to the library and, and, drew in, and ripped out pages of the books to stop their fellow students from reading that part. Yeah, that was the culture <laughs> set over there. And, <laughs> and it's interesting to see how this actually trains us in a way um, because I had an, an acquaintance who and I, I overlooked an argument that, that they had. And uh, she said something. And you mean you witnessed an argument? Yeah, yeah. I, I witnessed an argument. And she said something, and it was right. So she had right. Uh, the right she, she had a, um, her point was valid. Mm. But in her way of thinking, only that point was valid. Like there was only one truth, and that was the truth. And even though she was right there were other ways of looking at things, other ways of uh, seeing the same issue. Mm. But for her, it wasn't. It's, this is the right way, I'm right in this. And you know, this is why I'm right, bam, 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 and all the arguments for that. And that then the case is closed. Like the case is closed. Because mm. that is what she has learned, that that's how she has learned life is through her way of thinking at her education. Mm. And it doesn't, it's not contained in her profession it sips out to her life as well mm. because it's mm. it's actually a way of thinking in the same way me being an economist has uh, has a ripple effect on all the things i do in my spare time as well so it's we're not trained in your universities doesn't train occupation it trains way of thinking mm. and if you're not if you're not careful that way of thinking could overshadow um, yourself or your own way of thinking. So it's it's important to to um, yeah, exactly see the distinction there. What you just said, I think, happens more often than not, and this is perhaps the most the deepest reason why changing perspective is difficult uh, mm-hmm. uh, for a culture, for a whole cult- culture, because most of the people in it uh, are very thoroughly and unconsciously indoctrinated within the the leading perspective in that culture. This goes for every culture, and, and the modern West is, is no different in that respect. The problem with, with our, our modern perspective is that it is turning out more and more these days not to be very useful to solve actual pressing problems. We're up against the, the, the actual consequences of thinking wrongly about things. Yeah, well, I think that would be the, the fascia way of thinking of the body as a whole and, and the ecological way of looking at the body, the living body, is, can be as big revolution as when internet came. Because when internet came, they said that they didn't know what it was. Uh, Microsoft didn't like internet. And uh, I remember when the browsers came because the things we did, it called surfing. We didn't know where we were. <laughs> You're searching for things on the internet and you didn't find them. And then I think they, they said that Google was a, a company that they didn't know what to do. But it was quite highly value on the on the stock market, but they didn't make any money. And then they, they, they 
thought that way of making money with ads. It was not so far, but then, then it was one of the most valuable companies in the world. And uh, that changed lots of things with, with the internet and the, the mobile phones and everything. And I think uh, maybe this would be a revelation of looking at the body and ourselves if we look at the body in a fascia perspective and we understand that that's that's the way we could think about it. Yeah, I, I just said earlier that that uh, I think we are up against the consequences, the literal physical consequences of th- thinking wrongly about things. Wrongly then in, in a, a, a very specific way. I don't mean that uh, the modern scientific perspective, for instance, lacks uh, is untrue. It's not wrong in that sense, mm-hmm. but it becomes wrong when it uh, when it uh, is is totalized, when mm-hmm. it's uh, propounded as the the only really valid perspective on things, and when things in society uh, driven by economic interests as well. Or, or pushing that very perspective above all other perspectives, mm. then, then we're, that's the reason I think we are in, in trouble. Uh, and this, or, or from, from this follows also that uh, when a particular perspective uh, uh, like this has been pushed to its limits, as I think it's very close to doing, to be, being pushed to its limits now, uh, it starts this perspective, and it's uh, the way we do things. In other words, starts to encounter self-generated obstacles mm. and and consequences. In other words, it generates negative consequences that undermine its own usefulness. So, uh, from if if there's truth to these statements, uh, it means that there's a Critically growing need for other perspectives, mm. but 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 uh, such the, the 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 different perspectives needed to uh, come out of this mess we created for ourselves they are never established without struggle. Mm. It so, kind of brings us back to the the example we had in the beginning. If when you look at the the hammer, the saw, the axe, and the piece of wood, because you in today's society we argue that um pairing the tools is the correct way of thinking or the more established way of thinking or the more uh, cor- uh, the more correct way of thinking basically mm-hmm. and looking at it from the practical perspective um taking the axe the saw and the wood and putting pairing them together is considered less intellectual or less valued or more um and, and and that's the thing because if you if we're educating people to think in certain ways, well, we could just not educate ourselves. But the thing is that if you're not educated, then you you have this um, feeling almost put into you that you're le- you're worth less, that you are not as good, mm. that you have missed something, when in fact you could be more open to things, see things in a different way. So it's um, but that we see when we when we do the educations. Uh, uh, we, we educate fascia specialists and, and we see that if it's actually easier in some ways to learn to feel without knowing so much because if, if you have a, a, a view of the body in an anatomic way like like we said before not 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 living 
It's, it's, it's in, 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 uh, yeah, like in, even if you're a chiropractor, massage therapist, or osteopath, have you learned anatomy? You have learned anatomy, the anatomy of the dead body. Yeah, and then, 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 so it may just to feel the body and to feel how, how it's what's what's happening in it. It maybe can be easier if you don't have the other picture. And uh, she said, Vibeke said it, Elbrun said it. You have to learn. From another perspective, you have to start from scratch. Start from scratch and, and put everything together in a three-dimensional way and see that everything is interconnected. Mm. And you don't need to throw away the old knowledge, but you need to put it on a shelf, learn <laughs> fascia, and then put the old knowledge back into it yeah. because it's so different. Yeah.